Welcome back to the Fix the Money podcast. I'm connected now to Douglas Barkum in Switzerland, Zurich, right? Yeah, just outside of Zurich. Nice to be here, Nico. I, thank you for being here, Douglas. Thank you for taking the time. You're, of course, one of the co-founders and the CEO of Shift Crypto, the makers of the Bitbox hardware wallet. And if you already want to get one, you can use our code Fix the Money to get some money off on off your purchase. I can only... Um, tell you that it's a good idea i own all three big hardware wallets i like yours the most i'm going to say it right right now and i would say this even if we were not working together um douglas when i google you it's all about neuroscience and and other stuff that i do not understand um where you i mean professionally where do you come from and how do you get to bitcoin yeah that was my my past life um, I actually have a PhD in uh, neuroscience, neuroengineering, technically. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I have, have a lot of papers written, had a little bit of, um, yeah, uh, popularity there. Uh, also um, did some interesting uh, bio art through my PhD also. So I got a bit of press in, in the past because of that. Um, but actually, where, where do I come from? So uh, from Wisconsin in the United States originally. Um, have a technical background, so I actually studied uh, not neuroscience, but mechanical engineering. Um, was interested in uh, continuing my studies, uh, basically to avoid the, the real world. So I went to grad school and uh, studied uh, some artificial intelligence, robotics. Um, I thought that artificial intelligence was really, really primitive. Uh, at the time, there's a lot to be learned. So I, I switched to uh, get a PhD in uh, real intelligence. So, so to study neurons and how um, uh, networks of neurons can communicate with each other, how that can lead to learning and memory. And yeah, that led me around the world. Uh, I had a, a postdoc in Tokyo, in Japan for a couple of years, uh, where I started collaborating with a laboratory at ETH uh, Zurich in Switzerland. So ETH Zurich, uh, it's the name of the university. It's not has nothing to do with Ethereum. We have to put this disclaimer on. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, 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 it is one of the most prestigious universities in Europe. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I've been to a lot of universities and uh, I think it's, it's top of the line for sure in the whole world. Um, and yeah, and I was doing, I was a group leader there uh, doing some more research. And then um, I made a big jump out of academia after being in academia my whole life to uh, jump into uh, business, uh, entrepreneurship, and Bitcoin. How? I mean, I, people will probably know how because because I think Bitcoin just brings out the entrepreneur in you, right? But yeah. um, you know, so can you can you tell sure. us about this because this is many people think about you know getting into bit, the Bitcoin business. Yeah, sure. So um, yeah. An interesting side fact is actually our, our company was a spinoff of a neuroscience lab at ETH Zurich. <laughs> but interesting. We'll get into that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of angles. One is uh, like the technology transfer, why we're a, we're a spinoff. Uh, and then the other was just personal. So the next stage in the academic career would be to be a professor. And I wasn't sure if that's what I wanted to do. And just looking at the startup world and uh, academic world, um, to, to take the next step, you need a really good idea. You need to convince people that you have a good idea. You need to convince people to give you money for that idea. You need to convince people to work for you uh, for that idea, to join the lab or join the startup company. 
And so it felt like there's a lot of um, parallels there. Uh, but in the end, uh, the upside uh, and freedom with a startup uh, is quite significantly higher. Whereas in academia, um, yeah, you still have a boss. You still have the university uh, telling you to do things, uh, teaching, which yeah, maybe it's fun, uh, administrative stuff, things like that. And so, um, yeah, I thought, okay, let's go see what this other this other world is like uh, and give it a shot. And in general, I've always been interested in probably everyone is interested in, uh, you know, things that they think are important. So things that can change the world. And I I think studying the brain, um, intelligence, how intelligence works, that's definitely something that can change the world and is changing the world. And I think also, uh, you know, Bitcoin, um, after I learned about it, I think can immensely change the world also. Uh, And so I I heard about it during... um, while in academia, of course, and yeah, decided to, to take the jump and why, yeah, why a startup? Um, I guess it's because I didn't think anyone would give me a job with my background. <laughs> and so, yeah, but with, you, so but with your background, you could probably walk into Silicon Valley and get a job within like before lunchtime, right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, well, I, I didn't know. So I thought, okay, what's the best way to get involved is, yeah, try to make a startup company, give myself a job. And and that's what I did. You seem to be somebody who gets to the point very quickly because you jumped like many Bitcoiners will, will talk two hours about how they found Bitcoin. And you just said, I heard about Bitcoin. And then I, and then I literally decided to take the plunge a minute later. Um, I want to know a bit more about that, um, especially with your background. I mean, how did you did you find Bitcoin? Was it in any form connected to your background in neuroscience? Was or is it just a, was it just a private thing? Um, I, I don't think there is that big of a connection. Although I, I did mention before that we were a spinoff of, of the the lab there. Um, the lab I was in is a neuroengineering lab, and so what they focused on was uh, creating new technology that can better study neurons. Um, and I, I was. I had a technical background so I could contribute, but I was mainly doing neuroscience experiments, like using this technology. But I learned a bit about it. And so that technology was creating um, actually a, a custom electronic circuits, like ASICs, uh, that we would grow neurons on top of. And so these ASICs had uh, like 10,000 electrodes inside. And so neurons, one way they communicate is like with electricity. So with electrodes, you can listen to their conversation. You can also send a voltage stimulation, say something back. And so anyways, I had some experience with um, like microcontrollers, PCB boards, um, programming them, um, building hardware, uh, things like that. And that was how the technology transfer carried over and we became a spinoff. But um, so that side note aside, um, how I got in was actually uh, I was visiting uh, Japan again. I think it was in 2013. And on the front page of a Japanese newspaper in really big letters was Bitcoin. That's the first time I ever saw the word. Um, and I, was, I just thought that was so strange. Because in Japan, you know, they're pretty conservative. It's a, a conservative newspaper and they have this like monopoly money uh, on the front page. Uh, that just felt so strange. So I immediately just started researching it. And... Um, you know, a day or two, it didn't take me long until I actually saw, um, you know, the value in it. 
And the thing that really attracted me uh, coming from a scientific background was the scientific aspects of it. And that is the, uh, what's commonly called solving the Byzantine generals problem. So this unsolved uh, up to that point problem in computer science field of how to um, uh, trust uh, generals in a war, if you have them spread out in a decentralized way, how to trust the communication of the foot messengers uh, and how that applies to money on the internet is how do you trust that someone who sends you money is not sending the exact same money to someone else, the, the double spend problem. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. I didn't know if Bitcoin is the solution or not, but I knew that this this concept of solving this problem was going to be immensely powerful. It showed the first way where you could actually put money on the internet in a way that it's going to work. And we have all the, you know, decentralized, uh, trustless, permissionless things coming out of it. So did you did you immediately realize that this is going to basically change the world? And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because as a scientist, did you realize that this changes how, the, how we transact on the internet, like on the base layer? Because I think that economists are still very challenged with understanding this. So I, I wonder if you saw this immediately just because you came from a different perspective. Uh, yeah, possibly. So for me, it was pretty quick. Uh, and, you know, it was more of a gut feeling because I didn't understand exactly how it would change things. But, you know, the, the existence of the internet, information being shared on the internet, you know, it changed the world in fundamental ways. And so if you can add money onto that, you know, which is really one of the fundamental aspects of society uh, and communication with people, uh, you know, financial communication. Um, I didn't know how, but I, I thought, yeah, this is going to uh, change the world too. How how did you turn your your spin off into a Bitcoin hardware uh, wallet company? Yeah, so it started off as a, a Bitcoin hardware wallet company. Ah, okay. So in in my spare time, um, I started getting involved in yeah exploring Bitcoin. I think one one of the first things I tried to do was um, yeah make some uh, arbitrage uh, bots, <laughs> um, trading bots. Uh, the I quickly learned that you're not going to make any money on that unless you really do it full time. Um, and uh, played around with it a bit more. Um, when I started buying uh, some Bitcoin, um, also having a bit of a technical background, I understood the security issues. Like you, you just should not have your private keys on your computer or your phone. Uh, and so it took me a good two weeks until I was actually comfortable with the setup um, that I, I felt would be safe. Uh, and so some offline computer uh, throwing uh, Electrum on it uh, and so on and so on. And I was thinking, okay, for this to ever you know, work, you know, there's a whole lot of improvements needed in the usability. Uh, and uh, at the time, the, this concept of a hardware wallet uh, existed, but there was none on the market. Uh, and the hardware wallet is basically a, a way to make offline storage simple. So doing this whole offline computer, uh, put Electrum on it, you know, just take all of that and make it really, really simple. Uh, mm -hmm. And so a hardware wallet is basically a miniature computer. It's running its own uh, dedicated code on it to deal with specifically Bitcoin uh, and other cryptocurrencies. Um, and 
also at the time, um, there was a lot of scams going on in the hardware space. So specifically with mining equipment where um, uh, you can make a lot of money mining uh, Bitcoin. Um, and so there's a huge uh, demand for mining equipment. And so there'd be these pre-sales or you send in money and they make a big batch order. Uh, but a lot of these ended up in being scams where they just run away with your money. And so that combined with the concept of hardware wallets, but not on the market, um, I just decided to make my own. Um, and that was more successful than trying to run um, trading bots. <laughs> and uh, I showed it off at some um, uh, meetups uh, in Zurich, here in Zurich. There's a pretty good Bitcoin community in Switzerland, uh, fortunately enough. And I met my co-founder who happened to live in the same city as me, uh, Jonas Schnelli, um, who also happened to be you know, one of the most important people in the Bitcoin space, one of the, the core maintainers uh, now since retired. Um, He's, he, retired, he retired recently, right? Uh, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, uh, a year or two ago. Is he, is, he, is he Swiss, right? He's Swiss. Because he has the most Swiss name imaginable. Yeah, <laughs> he's very Swiss. <laughs> um, and yeah, and we, we started a company. Um, we, we have the Bitbox 02 out now. We started with the Bitbox 01 uh, back then. And yeah, basically uh, uh, our whole marketing was a, a post on Reddit. Um, a blog, uh, Yeah, just a post on Reddit say, hey, here's this thing. And uh, yeah, and we got some traction. Um, and slowly, slowly started to, to build it up. Well, you have some traction now. I think um, there are three big hardware wallet companies out there who compete for market share. Um, you are um, very, very successful within the German-speaking world, I'd say. I mean, within the German-speaking world, when you talk about a hardware wallet, you talk about a bitbox. You know, it's it's even even the rappers are using the bitbox as a <laughs> reference yeah. without without, um, um, you know, getting paid for it. They just do it because because that's just what you use. And I have to say, um, like I said, I started out with a Trezor, nothing wrong. Or maybe there's something wrong with the Trezor. We don't want to um, jump ahead here, but nothing really wrong with that. Um, Ledger, I also used that. Um, didn't really vibe with me uh, for some reason. Um, but your product, especially the Bitbox-only product, you know, easy cheesy, you just put it into the laptop. I personally think, the design idea with the USB-C, because everybody has a MacBook, right? <laughs> um, with the USB-C worked really well. Um, but I, I do want to get back to your story first before we talk about uh, where, where Shift is going. Um, so you have this scientist um, background and you get it really quickly, right? And you know about computers and you know about how, how to do it. I, I'm just a, a journalist, you know, I talk to economists, so um, they're not like, real scientists and everybody has different opinions um so, and, and I, it took me not two weeks to get comfortable with bitcoin it took me seven years you know everybody has his, has their time um why it, for the people who are still you know in their process why is self-storage so important and um do you think people are starting to get it now with all the scams and bank problems going on yeah so, I mean, the, the common saying you'll hear um, is not your keys, not your coins. And that's really true. And I think one thing uh, new people really don't understand is, is that, you know, some of the properties of Bitcoin were like gone is gone. So 
if someone gets a hold of your keys, um, they can take your coins and you can't do anything about it. Uh, and so there needs to be a whole new level of security uh, built uh, to handle that. And, you know, I think the, the security level of like bank grade security is not enough. So like security on ATM cards is not enough for, for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies because gone is gone. Um, and yeah, there needs to be, be a whole new level there. And when it comes to um, where to uh, keep your coins, I guess that's maybe what you're hinting at. You know, a lot of people have their coins on exchanges. Uh, some people have coins on, you know, uh, hot, what's called hot wallet. So a wallet on your computer, or your phone. Um, and we do see a growing awareness of the importance of uh, not doing either of those things, but keeping your keys on a hardware wallet, which I think is widely considered to be the, the safest way to, to store your keys. Uh, and so for exchanges, yeah. So last year, uh, big in the news, you know, FTX collapsing. Um, they owe a lot of people Bitcoin, but on their balance sheets, uh, at least at the time, they said, yeah, there's no Bitcoin. <laughs> so it was all an IOU. Um, and, you know, before that, some of these um, uh, lending uh, institutes like Celsius and so on also um, uh, basically going bankrupt. Um, and, you know, FTX was fraud. Um, but there's also things like in Canada, uh, a popular story where the Canadian exchange, the, uh, the owner disappeared in India. Uh, Quadriga, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a fascinating, I think it's a Netflix documentary on that. Oh, really? And okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an absolutely fascinating documentary on the Quadriga story. Um, because to this day, we don't know really what happened. Yeah. Um, so you, I'll send you the link and I'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah. And so, but the short story there is, uh, he was the only one with the keys to the, the exchange wallets and everyone's funds got locked. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you have your coins on an exchange, there's the counterparty risk that you have to trust the exchange and quite dramatically, quite quickly, these things can just go under and you're, you're out of luck. And, you know, I mean, the same thing happened uh, to me, you know, with Mt. Gox uh, a, a long time ago. Um, and, uh, you know, when FTX happened, um, also, interestingly, uh, January 3rd, uh, what's the name of that day? Um, proof of, uh, oh, I always forget that. Pro proof of keys? Proof of keys, proof yeah, of keys. yeah. Yeah. So... On those days, those were some of our highest uh, selling days. We saw spikes in sales. And so it's, you know, people coming, you know, maybe people understand it logically in their brain uh, that, okay, yeah, I shouldn't have my coins there. Um, but, you know, emotionally feeling it happens when you see this happen. Uh, these exchanges go under and you realize, oh, you know, it's, it's real. It's going to, it can affect me. And so... What we see is a growing awareness in the community that, yeah, hardware wallets are important. Uh, we also even see the CEOs of exchanges even promoting self-custody uh, as, you know, you Coinbase CEO, Binance CEO. Um, they, they both have tweets about that, that self-custody is probably the way to go in the future. Fix the Money is brought to you by 21Bitcoin, the easy way to buy, sell, save, and send Bitcoin. 21Bitcoin is a Bitcoin-only app not an exchange. 
There's no distractions. There's an individual savings plan, very low fees, first-class personal support, and a German bank account. Based in the Austrian Alps, it's available now throughout Europe. Download now using the code FIXTHEMONEY to get up to 20% off your fees over there on 21bitcoin.app. Not your keys, not your coins. You need a hardware wallet signing device. Check out the Bitbox O2. Swiss made, secure, beautiful, open source, Tor support, Bitcoin only, and an all around outstanding product. Use the code FIXTHEMONEY on shiftcrypto.ch to get 5% off. That's the Bitbox O2, Fix the Money. Jesse Powell did the same thing. Especially around the, the, the trucking incident, the, the incident with the truckers in, in Canada, right? Do you, do we believe this? I mean, technically it's, in, it's, it's very important to say that before Bitcoin, self-custody of your, of your money was not that simple, right? You, you had, you had uh, gold maybe and you had um, cash. And cash, you can self-custody cash, yes, but it can also be debased by the government. It can just be declared null, null by the government. We had that in India, so that's also like uh, just so it it wasn't really possible. Um, and then you have you have different attack coin, but they were stolen, yeah. right? And F FTX, they acted like they had the Bitcoin, but actually they were just. Uh, making stuff up as they as yeah, they went do, doing what uh, typically happens in the fiat world, but but with Bitcoin exactly, you get exactly. caught. This is important. This is important for the for the economists listening. Yeah. Yes, because because I don't think it's sure that under Bitcoin we won't see um, credit. Right, we will see credit. We will see money creation. We will see people basically um, making up their own money. I think. If you look at altcoins, this is already happening. And when you look at the exchanges, it's already happening. But like you said, they get caught. That's the important yeah. thing. And and for um, a person like me, who is the, just a normal person, there is no, really, no real reason not to go into self-custody. But, and I see this a lot, taking self-custody and taking responsibility about uh, of, of, of your money really scares mm. people. So... It scares me, and I do Bitcoin twenty four seven. So my my solution is I just I work in the Bitcoin space. So if I if I fuck up, you know, I still have uh, a connection to Bitcoin um, because it scares me. It really still scares me. Um, do you think that that you know uh, how do we take the, the the fear? You know, how do we take uh, how do we make it easier? Where where is self custody going in the future? Is there a vision for for shift crypto? Yeah, great great questions. Um... Yeah, of course, we have ideas. I wish we knew what, what the right answer is. Um, but what our vision has been from the very beginning is to, you know, of course, make it uh, as secure as possible. I think we do a great job there. Uh, but also equally important, if not more so, is to make it as easy as possible. Uh, and so that's been uh, a design criteria uh, since day one. Um, and... You know, and then there's a lot of education that goes around it. But you know, with with the Bitbox O2, for example, um, like you said before, uh, you know, it's it's just you plug it in and and there you go. You really don't have to think too much about it. And so I think one there's a fear first of all of uh, it's it's a new new technology or hesitation is maybe the the more right word. It's new technology. People don't understand it exactly. Uh, 
what they're supposed to do, things like that. And so there's a hesitation to get involved because I think it's complicated. Um, but I think it's actually quite simple. Um, I remember making my first um, online purchase uh, with, with Bitcoin. I probably bought a Trezor wallet in 2014 or something like that. That was also my first uh <laughs> With yeah, Bitcoin. I was so, so so surprised how easy it was uh, compared to doing a credit card. You just plug it in and there it's done. Where it's like a credit card, there's always a problem. And there's, there's like the second factor stuff or, you know, behavioral analysis where they, they want you to yeah, do all this stuff. And it sometimes just doesn't work. Um, and it was just so, so simple. And I think with the Bitbox also, we want to make it as simple as possible. Uh, and so you just plug it in. It's just uh, we try to make it intuitive uh, to use. Um, a thing we hear a lot is people get confused on how to, to get involved, just, you know, how to buy. And so we recently um, uh, made a partnership with uh, Pocket, Pocket Bitcoin, another Swiss company, uh, where inside of our own app, you can buy uh, Bitcoin uh, at a click of a button. And also importantly, in a, a non-KYC or KYC light uh, kind of way where all you need is uh, an IBAN, um, like a European or, or Swiss bank account. You, you don't have to be European. You don't have to be Swiss. You just need a, an IBAN, um, you know, which you can get with like Revolut uh, pretty easily these days. And then you can buy up to about 900 euros per day with no KYC, uh, no extra KYC, um, which is, uh, you know, a great way for uh, people just to, to start getting involved. So you can yeah, if you want to get involved, you can buy a Bitbox and then you already have your, your Bitcoin um, uh, on-ramp uh, in an easy way, easy, cheap, anonymous way. Uh, I think this is extremely important. Do you already have, um, do you have any numbers about how this, how people are using this? Are people, you know, um, accepting this, this feature? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's only been out for a month or two. Um, so the, the data is new, uh, but we get a lot of positive uh, feedback on it. And I, I think it's a really great service. Um, it's, yeah, one, one of the best ways to do like uh, near anonymous uh, uh, purchases. I have to say, I haven't, I haven't looked into this. Um, I haven't used this, I have to admit. Um, but I have this, this, I had this situation the other day. So I went, actually, I, I went to Switzerland uh, two weeks ago. I was at the um, Swiss Bitcoin conference in, in Kreuzlingen uh, on Bodensee. And and um, Switzerland for me is interesting as a Bitcoin country mm. because I mean you you meet all these you know Austrian economists these anarchists these people who you know don't want the state meddle in their affairs and then they meet up in the, in in the country that has probably one of the best states in the world you know that actually works in most ways and actually with Swiss people you always have this feeling that they feel a connection to to you know their 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 politics and their their responsibility yeah. there right yeah. um, as, as opposed to people in austria who, who basically have given up you know just say okay up there up there they're corrupt people do what they want and we do what we want and that's it yeah. you know um why do you think still um bitcoin has such a, a huge uh, footprint in, in in switzerland yet uh okay. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not Swiss, so I have to speak from an outsider perspective. But yeah, I have to. Yeah, but that's the better. Yeah, maybe I, I have to back you up that um, I, I'm amazed that you know politics and government can actually 
kind of work. <laughs> That's such a revelation to me. Uh, it's, yeah, somehow it's uh, it's efficient, cost effective. Um, yeah, it's kind of kind of pretty special. And um, yeah, some things um, I've been told is uh, you know Bitcoin, like the ideals of it, kind of match uh, some of the the fundamental ideals for for the Swiss culture. In the sense of being, you know, it's a mountain country, so everyone wants to be independent, self-sufficient. First of all, um, it is, you know, there's lots of cantons around, so it, it is a bit of a decentralized kind of government. Um, they have um, um, referendums where the public goes and votes, uh, and people can bring bring that up. Uh, and so, in a lot of ways, it is kind of uh, like a decentralized um, mindset, uh, which you know, is a, is a good match for, for what Bitcoin is. Uh, and, you know, decentralized, um, privacy focused, uh, Swiss traditionally care a lot about privacy, um, <clears throat> people's individual rights, uh, and so on. So there's a lot of parallels, uh, there. Uh, and an interesting thing, they also even have, um, uh, alternative currencies. Uh, Rika is, is a name of, a, an alternative currency, which is, um, yeah, a, a private money that's, uh, uh, accepted um, at gas stations and, and other places uh, in Switzerland. So uh, this concept of um, uh, alternative monies is also predating uh, Bitcoin here. Do you think, I mean, politically, we've seen, we see two things politically right now. We see um, small countries slowly adopting Bitcoin. We have seen uh, Liechtenstein, which is a tiny country between Switzerland and mm -hmm. Austria. Um, they're now accepting Bitcoin for taxes. Then there is uh, at, at least parts of Switzerland that are also yep. accepting Bitcoin for taxes. We've heard about the kingdom of Bhutan yeah. mining Bitcoin for years, a crazy, crazy story. Um, but all, and of course El Salvador, but like small countries. At the same time, we see the EU, the US, the Chinese, you know, all pushing against Bitcoin. So, so you know, what are you looking there at there? Um, what's the plan from your perspective for Bitcoin internationally? The the global macroeconomic plan for Bitcoin. <laughs> but basically, the, the the question would be: um, Is it enough if small countries adopt it while big countries try to stop it? I see. Um... <clears throat> I mean, you have to start somewhere, right? Uh, and I think Bitcoin in a lot of ways is kind of unstoppable also. And so, you know, in the past, it's not new where countries are trying to stop Bitcoin. You know, China has banned Bitcoin. I don't know. Yeah, banned like five, five Every times. Every other week. Yeah. <laughs> Ten times. Yeah. Um, it still keeps ticking along, you know, and if different countries like if America bans it, it's still going to keep ticking along. And the thing about America also is it's also a bit decentralized where states do have power, um, uh, maybe not to the same balances in Switzerland um, between the, the cantons and the government. Uh, but, you know, there are places in America too, Texas, namely, uh, but a lot of other places where uh, they are pro uh, Bitcoin. And I, I saw North Carolina recently made, um, uh, passed a law, I believe, where they banned uh, CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, uh, from uh, their state, uh, you know. And 
Yeah, it, it's it's interesting, and I think you know these these smaller countries uh, can also be good test beds and use cases to show others that you know what's possible, what can work, what cannot work, and I think um, yeah, it, it's a bit inevitable that it, it you know it's designed it, it can't go away, uh, you know. So no matter what countries do, it, it can't really go away, uh, and so you know if there's a uh, uh, some pushback in the short term, you know, eventually that's just going to be overcome. Um, it, it also, it also, f- you know, fits together with the idea of the sovereign individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because I think, Licht, I mean, yeah. I'm going to have to do a video about this because Licht, Lichtenstein actually, I mean, even the, 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 the king, I think he, or the Duke, I don't know what his name is, but he, he wrote the whole book about like, the state in the third in the 21st century um how the state is supposed to act in a world of sovereign individuals yeah. i think he read the, the original book and then so 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 they understand so obviously the small country would come first but i also um will soon publish like like a message to americans because i th- i think americans are, are the ones who need to adopt bitcoin um in order for the rest of the world to follow and i actually think that it's one of the best ideas to um, even compete with with China. Basically, it's one of the best ideas to beat China and have another hundred hundred years of um, American uh, supremacy. Basically, and it's not the worst thing in the world. I speak English. I watch Apple TV. It's fine, you know. Um, so, so, uh, and it's interesting to see North Carolina. Like, not not a single state in the U.S. has a con- uh, has a has a bill banning Bitcoin that already exists. But there is uh, states have a bill banning. CBDCs yeah. that don't even exist yet, <laughs> right? So, so um, do, 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 can you talk a little bit about your home country? Where where is Bitcoin leading in the US? Yeah. Also, I haven't I haven't been there in over a decade, <laughs> so I wonder how much it's changed. But I, I would say, have you literally not have you literally not set foot? On no, no, no I, I visited, but I've been living abroad. Yeah, okay. uh, for a while. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, there. Yeah, there are good things about America. Uh, and I think, at least uh, for me, I think this whole uh, concept of um, uh, the, what you, the American spirit or the American ideal, uh, you know, where if you really believe in something, you put in a lot of effort, yeah, you can do it and you can succeed. That's kind of like pioneer mentality. Um, I think that still exists. Um, it definitely existed when I was there. And, you know, I think people, uh, it's it set up such that there's no, there's no dictator at the top uh, where, you know, even if uh, someone comes in and wants to be a dictator, it's going to be really hard for them to, to hold on. And I, I think part of the American uh, psyche as a whole is also to kind of avoid that and be, you know, like, like Switzerland, be independent, be pioneers. Um, and I think, yeah, there's a lot of people in America very, very interested in Bitcoin. And America is such a large country, such a large market uh, that it really allows, uh, you know, startups, you know, Silicon Valley, right? It really allows startups to um, explode uh, and, you know, really uh, reach uh, full potential. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think um, um, there's a lot going for America in terms of its ability to position itself. Uh, for a future with Bitcoin. Uh, and I completely agree with you that 
uh, there's a lot of potential for um, uh, tapping into that uh, to improve America as a whole, any country really. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at if you look at South America, if you look at Africa, I mean, one of the main problems that they have is that their financial and monetary systems are just a bit shit. Yep. You know, I mean, if and, and if you if you live in a world um, where the monetary system doesn't work for you, it only works for the government, it only works for for uh, leads to corruption. You can be um, twice as intelligent and as bold as Jeff Bezos, you'll still not beat him um, yeah. um, to the to the game. You know, you're, you're not going to be the next Jeff Bezos. So I hope the next Jeff Bezos will come from Africa and use Bitcoin. But mm. at the same time, and I totally agree that the Americans are, um, are have this pioneering spirit um, and have this, this trust in themselves mm. and in self-sovereignty that maybe the Swiss have too, but the rest of Europe, not so mm. much. Um, and but but at the same time we talked about silicon valley what about the big tech giants why is there only one um, company or two companies that have adopted bitcoin in one way or the other microstrategy and tesla what, why is apple and and google and and facebook why have, have they not embraced bitcoin if it's such a big deal as like we think it is mm. um good question i don't know um i guess it would be important to note that facebook did try to make their own uh cryptocurrency um uh that uh eventually they ran into regulator problems to uh not get involved um i think yeah you see i i mean i can only speculate you know w one case sure. example right now is in in the banking system in america where you know some the the crypto bank signum uh, svb you know seems to have gotten targeted uh, because they're really involved in, in crypto. And the SEC right now is really targeting uh, lots of uh, entities about um, the exchanges and others about, you know, uh, uh, kind of using, yeah, vague regulatory threats to kind of uh, tamp down. On, I don't know what. I don't know what their goal is. Um, and so with big companies, um Hard to say. Um, I think you know Apple just got into um, uh, banking. Um, True. It, it's in the news recently where they offer a, uh, a savings account with four four plus percent uh, interest uh, compared to point zero one percent interest you get in a, in a normal bank account in America. Uh, and so, yeah, may, maybe there's some avenue there, but yeah, I, I really couldn't couldn't say more. It's just a question that I think, you know, we, we do have to ask. Uh, I mean, maybe they don't need to. Maybe it's, it's too risky for them. I mean, it, it does make sense that, you know, the outliers would go yeah. for it first, like the crazy yeah. ones, like Elon Musk. Yes. And, and, as, and, and I think its name is David Marcus, who has been doing Libra for Facebook. He's now a Bitcoiner. Yeah. I mean, it says yeah. it all, really. Um, yeah, maybe it could also be just um, scale also. So in the grand scheme of things, I think Bitcoin cryptocurrencies are still kind of a drop in the bucket. Um, and so, yeah, if you have a big business, they're focusing on, um, yeah, um, uh, bigger markets. I don't know. You told me before we started, you told me that you um, just came back from J J Japan where you actually found Bitcoin. Um, but you said that um, 
you know, information is lacking there because of the of the the, the language barrier. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about this a little bit because it it relates to what I do. So I do. I do content in German and in English. Those are the two languages I can speak, right? So, so I, I, I can't do Japanese, but um, maybe somebody who, who can is listening to this. So what, what do you think is lacking and, and what, what does it lead to in countries like Japan? Yeah. Um, so I was in Japan on, for personal reasons for just over a month. Um, and what, while I was there, I tried to get a feel for the Bitcoin scene and it seemed like it's just completely dead. And... Um, Interestingly, Bitcoin Cash seems to have a bigger scene, uh, and that's because Roger Ver, uh, I believe, is based there. He organizes the the Bitcoin uh, meetups, Bitcoin Cash meetups. And what I've heard, uh, there are some Bitcoiners there, and what what I've heard is that you know the language barrier is a big issue, and so like Bitcoin does not have a marketing department, and so. Mm-hmm. A lot of the material that, that's out there is in English uh, and European languages, but it just doesn't get translated into Japanese or let's say Korean, Chinese also. Uh, whereas like Bitcoin Cash or other altcoins, um, they do have marketing departments and they do translate material into those countries. And so I think there is a, um, an information asymmetry um, in Japan and probably other similar countries where what they get exposed to is uh, you know, these, these marketing lines from altcoins and uh, others. And of course, that's going to influence uh, people's knowledge, it's going to influence people's decisions. And so it seems like, yeah, J- Japan, it's still um, uh, yeah, more so thinking of um, uh, non-Bitcoin kind of things. Um, of course, that'll slowly change, but but right now it's yeah really an educational kind of issue. I think this is extremely important, and I think this is something that that you know with maybe I haven't thought about that much, but I've seen it in other countries. I've done podcasts about about Turkey and about um, uh, Lebanon even, um, and 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 we've even seen some of it um, in in Germany. You know where there is strong communities for certain altcoins. I'm not going to name any names. You know, um, I think may, many people listening to this will know about this. Um, but it is interesting because the network effect of English is so strong that as long as you speak English, I think you do get to the to the, to the points. But I do check here, and we do have literally for fixthemoney.net for our for our Substack, we do have literally one subscriber in Japan. So, well, man, if you're listening, <laughs> you know, get in touch with us and we'll help you set up something uh, up the, up like this channel and others um, in Japan, um, because that's the great thing about Bitcoiners. You know, we help each other. We like to help each other and it, um, it works out pretty well. Well, Douglas, um, thank you for your insights. Thank you for your time. Uh, when is the Bitbox 03 coming and what can we expect? Like, do we get do we get pink and orange colors? Yeah, a bunch of state secrets you're asking. But um, yeah, we, we are actually uh, in the design process for uh, a Bitbox 03. Bitbox 02 is not going to go away. Don't worry about that. Uh, but we're, we're doing um, some surveys and reaching out to the community uh, to get some feedback. Um, which we've we've already started uh, to try to form a basis of uh, which way to go. So we have tons of ideas, but what we think is important is actually to to listen to the market, listen to our customers, uh, listen to potential new customers, 
about their pain points. And so it touches back on what you, you talked about earlier about uh, people having fear. Uh, and so we really want to solve, solve that issue. Uh, and so we need to understand what people fear, what the pain points are. And yeah, we're going to have a, a new uh, wallet coming out. Um, I can't say when, but soonish. <laughs> soonish. Soon TM. <laughs> right. Um, so we get a Bitbox 03. And as Shift Crypto, are you going to be focused on the hardware wallet completely or are you going to go into other, you know, related products? Um, yeah. So, I mean, the hardware wallet's the, the foundation, right? It's... Uh, you know, if you look at Bitcoin, any cryptocurrency, really, um, it, the foundation is a private key. And so storing that securely is the most important thing. And then part of our mission then is to uh, you know, provide that as a base uh, where you don't even have to think about it. You can just be confident that uh, it, you're, you're doing it the right way. And then um, look into making it easy for users in the other aspects. So for example, our, our partnership with Pocket, where uh, you can now buy Bitcoin inside of the app. And so try to figure out uh, other ways where, uh, you know, we can help people, uh, uh, empower people, really equip people uh, with the tools to participate uh, in this space. And you don't have to be a t have a technical background. Uh, you can be um, anyone. Well, one thing we're really proud of is that, uh, uh, we think our hardware wallet does work for advanced people. We have a lot of advanced features, but uh, one of the biggest thing, biggest feedbacks we get that makes us feel good is people say, this is the hardware wallet I recommend to my parents or my girlfriend or my wife. Um, yes. And yes. we think that's important. We want to want to keep doing that in every way possible. And I can really just, especially the fact that you have a Bitbox, a Bitcoin only hardware wallet, you know, it's just so simple. And it's, and, and even like the, the, the whole process of setting it up, the process of, of um, honestly, honest to God, I still struggle with the concept of doing a tutorial for the hardware wallet, because in my eyes, it's just so simple and so straightforward. And any, any person that I ever recommended it to, they were like, yeah, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to uh, uh, order it and then I say, okay, you order it and you can call me up um, if you need any help setting it up. Nobody ever calls. They just set it up and, and they just put it into the laptop and it works. Um, and congratulations on that. I think it's, um, we talked about, you know, you being an engineer, being a scientist, knowing how to use Bitcoin within three weeks. It took me seven years. And one of the reasons is um, because it needed people like you to come up with products that, you know, people like me can, can use and feel good about it. Um, so if anybody out there is listening or watching to, uh, uh, this, this on YouTube and you don't have a hardware wallet yet, just go on Shift Crypto, get, your, get yourself a hardware wallet, save some money using the Fix the Money um, code, and just, you know, feel better about it. I actually, I mean, one, one last story on my German channel, I had um, Matthias just the other week. He had a medical episode. He was, um, it actually was a neurological episode. So he, he, was, he was close to, you know, being a complete vegetable, basically, wow. honestly, to say. And, he, and, 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 and the thing is that he was super lucky because the doctors found his very rare condition very quickly and, and they could help him. And now he's running marathon, so he's fine. But he told me he was lying in bed and he could, all, all he could move at this point was his head, right? And he could think and he could talk, but very slowly. It was very exhausting. And he said that the, the most horrible thing was um, that he's still young and he, you know, his wife didn't know how to deal with all his feared things. 
the fiat things were he has two companies um, that there was there was there was invoices to be paid there was there was uh, the the the, uh, the the states like the um, the monetary authorities for the state the tax authorities they wanted stuff yeah. you know and 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 he was super stressed about the fiat situation he said never what like not for a second was he thinking about the bitcoin situation because he knew that his wife could knew how to access the bitcoin because it was actually in the end a lot easier than all the fiat stuff interesting yeah so maybe you know as a message to everybody anybody listening um douglas yeah. is there are there any other things i mean are we going to see you talk on conferences um should we follow you on twitter give give us the send off yeah uh well, thank, thanks for the really kind words. Appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I'd say if you go to our website, shiftcrypto.ch, ch is for Switzerland, um, you can find ways to follow us on Twitter. Uh, we have a very active Telegram channel. Uh, I'm on Twitter, a little bit less active, but you can catch me there. Uh, I will be in Miami at uh, Bitcoin conference uh, next week already. Um, and I'll be in Prague at the conference uh and probably a few more uh but if you follow us on twitter you, you'll you'll be able to catch us excellent um me and my partner yale who is doing the, the english channel with me will both be in prague as well so i'll see you right. there um i'll also put the links for prague in the show notes and we have a code for that as well obviously and well uh, douglas thank you so much for taking the time um all the best to you and greetings to all the people the nice people at shift crypto um and i'm looking forward to seeing you Me in prague too. thanks a lot nico thank you For more content, articles, and podcasts like this, go to fixthemoney.net.